I'm going to continue reading a little bit today from Conscious Immortality, Conversations with Sri Ramana Maharishi. One of his disciples at one of his satsangs asked Maharishi, why are there so many methods, so many schools mentioned? For instance, Sri Ramakrishna says that bhakti is the best means for devotion and spiritual progress. And Ramana says, it is all according to the standpoint of the aspirant. Everything boils down to whatever path resonates the most with you. All of us have lived many, many lifetimes, many lifetimes. There's been lifetimes when we had a witch doctor or a shaman, and that was the right path for us. There were lifetimes when we had a priest, and that was a, a right lifetime for us, the right path to follow at that point in time. There were lifetimes when we were sheltered away in monasteries and caves. And that was the right path for us to follow in that lifetime. Eventually, eventually, we want nothing but the divine. We want nothing but to fulfill that hunger for divine consciousness, for the loving, nurturing, sustaining divine consciousness at the heart of our soul. When we have that type of hunger, this is the right path, the fastest path. Ramana continues, says Krishna begins by saying in the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 2, verse 12, never was there a time when I did not exist or thou did not exist as well. Never will there be a time hereafter when any of us shall cease to be. We have been around forever as an expression of the divine consciousness, you see. What Ramana is hinting at here is the real seeker is the divine consciousness within us. And the real path is the easy, natural path back home that God himself has chosen to follow. Why would he do anything else other than what is natural and what is divinely present? The path back home is so easy, is so natural, is so beautiful. Every step along the way, when we can, as we feel the divine within us, as we feel the divine in front of us, as we feel the divine everywhere, is a path of harmonic resonance beyond belief. 
the unreal never is, Ramana reminds us. The illusions of the mind, the dreams at night and the daytime dreams as well. Conversely, they, ultimate consciousness, that which is most real, never is not. All that ever was, even now, is and will ever be. As we look around, as we explore within the world, everything is empty. Everything comes and goes, except our consciousness, except our awareness. The awareness never comes and goes. Ramana then says that when a man surrenders himself as a slave to the divine Lord within him, within his heart, within the core of his soul, he realizes at the end that all his actions are the actions of God. He loses his mindness. This is what is meant by doing the will of God. How does that work? What does he really mean when he says that? When our attention is on the mind, we can't see or feel or be aware of God, of the divine consciousness within us. But once our hunger has taken us to the source of this consciousness, we begin to become attracted to it. The harmonic resonance is beyond belief, even in the beginning, even in the beginning stages of the path within. We have days where we start to feel more blissful, more light, where we can feel a harmonic resonance when we can feel the pull within. The more we pay attention to that inner pull, the more we realize how imminently present the divine consciousness is. Once we can feel the divine consciousness. Once we can feel it every moment of our existence, we very quickly realize that that is the only thing that doesn't come and go. Everything else comes and goes. We then realize that that is the only thing that's real the only thing in our life that's immortal, the only thing in our life that's divine. As we float within the world, as we walk within the world, within that understanding, with that certainty of divine immortality and the expression of that divine immortality in our life, we begin to see that because of our 
willingness to stay within the divine presence, to be stay aware of the divine presence. Because of, because of our ability to stay aware of the divine presence, miracles happen beyond belief. It's like six, seven, eight, nine, ten times a day, we see these incredible synchronicities occurring. We have something to do and no time to do it, and yet things get done. No place to park, and yet the parking spot is right in front of us. A sign to do this or do that, and never having done the research, we open our email, and what we need is right in front of us. We meet someone who is angry, and all of a sudden we remember a previous lifetime in which we made them angry. Life becomes a series of miracles that allow us to go beyond our attachments, go beyond our illusions. We might be driving down the road wondering whether we should go towards work or go to the park and meditate. We'll see all of a sudden a, a, a motel sign will say, go west <laughs> where the park is. <laughs> These things happen. Incredibly so. As these things happen, we begin to see not just the thought of the divine presence, we begin to see the divine presence in action in our life. We begin to realize that there's a power that's greater than thou, that's greater than us, that is rearranging our life in such a way that we're constantly reminded of the purpose of our life, the purpose of our meditation, of the presence of the divine, constantly reminded of the way in which the divine loves us and takes care of us constantly, constantly. The rate at which we learn these subtle lessons increases by an order of magnitude once we begin to become aligned with the divine presence that flows through the core of our life. Every single time we see the source of a cycle of karma through the divine and because of the divine, not only does our love for the divine increase, we begin to realize that the divine only gives us the experiences that we need to be able to make progress in life. When we have roadblocks within our way, mental roadblocks, emotional roadblocks, the divine presence will bring to us 
the events that we need to experience so that we can let go of anger, resentment, pride. It shows us our greatest weaknesses and allows us to float beyond them effortlessly. This is what Ramana means. This is what Krishna meant. When they say live a life devoted to the divine, doesn't mean we have to pray all day or genuflect, sit in meditation all day, burn incense and candles and shake a tambourine while we walk or wear orange robes. Doesn't mean any of that. All it means is to be able to feel the divine presence in your life. The more we feel the divine presence in our life, the more we realize that it's in us as well. The more we realize that we don't need to make decisions over time. What happens on the path is that the biggest decisions become easy. And then the medium-sized decisions become easy. Then even the small decisions become so easy, there's no decision to make. This is one of the last stages of Wu Wei, last stages of merging into the divine presence, becoming the river of the divine presence itself. This river of loving consciousness flows into us from the heavens into the very core of our soul, through our soul, and then through our mind out into the world to bring to us the events we need to experience and to remind us that we really truly are nothing but the divine, an expression of the divine loving consciousness. This is what is meant by doing the will of God, says Ramana. When a man loses his sense of personal mind-body awareness, this is Siddhanta, the final view, the settled conclusion. When a man realizes that he has lost his personal perspective and that he is no different than the expression of divine consciousness, then he becomes a true yani, a true disciple. There are two ways open to one, bhakti and the path of the yana. A bhakta surrenders to God and rests secure in his protection. A yani knows that there is nothing beside the self and so remains happy. We can take either path to God, either path to God. The path, this path is the highest of all and suited only for advanced disciples. Those who follow the other paths are not right for this until they become advanced enough on their own paths. 
Thus it is really, no matter which path we take, boils down to the grace of God that we feel within us. Once we become attached to the divine presence, either through feeling them in our life or feeling God, the divine presence within our meditation or both, it takes both. We eventually end up in a bubble of pure consciousness beyond body awareness. It happens in stages. It doesn't happen immediately. It usually happens in stages. And the first stage, as we recently talked about, we see and feel the divine presence in every aspect of our life. Not only do the miracles happen, but we begin to feel the energy, the resonance within us. It's a harmonic resonance that is beginning to occur because we're becoming more aligned with the very nature of the divine consciousness. Divine consciousness is always still, loving, restful, natural, filled in a state of love as the love itself. It is also interconnected with every other state of consciousness and existence. And so it is a totality of consciousness within the cosmos, always loving and nurturing, sustaining everything in the cosmos. Is always creative as well. That happens to us along the path. We begin to become aligned with the nature of God. Once we feel that divine presence everywhere we look, you see, we're developing a totality of consciousness, even while we're walking in the world. When we see, feel that consciousness at play, in every aspect of our life. We realize that our entire life is nothing but an expression of this divine consciousness. This is pure alignment, you see, with the resting consciousness of Nirvana. And as we feel this divine consciousness, the love of this divine consciousness flowing through us and touching every aspect of our life, we are also thus in perfect natural relationship with the divine consciousness that is, flows through us and loves, nurtures, and sustains every aspect of our life. And as we see and feel this consciousness everywhere, 
loving, nurturing, sustaining everything. We are in total alignment with totality of consciousness of Anami. And as we begin to see and feel this divine consciousness creating the events in our life that move us inward, that expand our consciousness, that expand our love, we are then in natural harmonic resonance with the creative vortex of the cosmos called so you see, we can not only realize and reach this harmony with the nature of God within a bubble of consciousness, we can reach this same complete harmony, this same harmonic resonance with the nature of God as we walk around in the world. This is what Ramana is talking about. The path is the highest of all and suited only for advanced aspirants. It's a path of grace a path of the grace of God, the highest path of grace. As we begin to feel the divine doing everything for us, when we're walking around in the world, making our lives so easy, making our path so easy, filling us with harmonic resonance. It's like a constant blessing. It's like a, we're in a constant state of grace. The same thing occurs, you see. If we were to sit down for meditation in that very instant, we would be in the fourth region, the region of grace in which we feel the grace of God, the grace of the divine, so saturated into our consciousness that our very consciousness is a state of grace, unmistakable state of grace. When we reach this stage of grace, there is really no difference between our awareness, whether we are on the cushion or in the world. We can feel this divine grace, this divine blessing, this, this immortal expression of loving, nurturing, and sustaining consciousness in every aspect of our life that fourth stage, we walk around and sit around in harmonic resonance at all times. And miracles happen. Miracles abound beyond belief at the stage of grace. 
incredible miracles. You'll have days when you wake up in the morning, can see nothing but light, feel nothing but this ringing radiance within you. But because you have practiced faith for so long, because you have lived in this divine presence for so long, for so, for so many months within your life or years within your life, even if you can see nothing but light, feel nothing but the harmonic resonance, you won't care. Because by that point in time, you will already know that the divine presence takes care of everything for you in your life. It also takes care of everything for everyone else within your shared event horizon, the shared karmas of your existence. Even in the early stages of Wu Wei, when we're floating in the divine presence, one of the very first things we realize is that the mind will act on its own. In the beginning, we simply hear it doing its thing. As we become closer and closer to the realization of the power of this divine presence, we realize and see from countless examples that the mind acts perfectly within the world as it represents you. If you're a cook, it'll create one master chef meal after another. An artist, it'll create one masterpiece after another. An engineer, it'll create one invention after another. The world will never know. In such a state, you may drift in and out of mind-body awareness. <laughs> and it won't matter. On days where you wake up and there's nothing but light and harmonic resonance, it won't matter, you see. It's a blessing, grace beyond belief. And the only thing that you pay attention to in that type of experience, as the grandeur, the blessing, the love of the divine presence, and the way in which it holds you, protects you, and protects and blesses everything else in your environment at the same time. This is what is also called the direct method, direct consciousness, direct awareness. Your awareness is simply there, takes no effort, takes no concentration. It's just naturally there. It's also naturally everywhere within your aura. Your awareness, you're aware of everything within your aura.
Doubt or uncertainty is for the mind or the intellect and has no place in the perfection of realization. Pride of learning and desire for appreciation are condemned, but not the learning itself. Education and learning lead to the search for truth. And in this search for truth, humility is very, very important. The questioner disciple asked when he heard this statement from Maharaji, then is all our intellectual progress worth nothing? Maharaji says, whose intellect is progressing? Find out. The more we intellectualize, the more we move farther away from the inner truths. Intellectual meandering is the following of energy patterns that are moving away from the core of a harmonic resonance. When we feel the divine within us, we make spiritual progress. When we're questioning our environment, examining our environment, we make intellectual progress. There's a time and place for both. In the early days of the path, when we're just seeking, it's important to understand what's going on. It's important to see the big picture. It's important to question what it is that you feel. What is this emptiness? What is this harmonic resonance? Why is it so attractive? The intellect serves a divine purpose in the beginning. It's the attachment intellect that's the only problem. It's not the intellectual progress itself. What are the hindrances to the realization of reality, says the disciple. Maharaji says, memory, chiefly habits of thought and accumulated tendencies. These are the things that take us away from the path. Habits of thought, habits of memory, habits of accumulated tendencies, tendency to wait for the next thought, the tendencies to want to do, the tendencies to want to run from fears or run towards desires. These are the things that hinder our ability to see and feel the divine presence within us. So the disciple says, how can we get rid of these hindrances? Maharishi says, find the self through meditation. Trace every thought back to its origin, its source. Where does your awareness, where do your thoughts come from? Where does the awareness in your thoughts come from? 
what is the source of your awareness? What comes and what goes? What disappears over time? What doesn't disappear over time? Eventually, we see that thoughts come and go, emotions come and go. But as we begin to examine our awareness, with our awareness, as we go deeper and deeper and deeper within awareness, we realize the immortality of our very awareness. The very first bubble of consciousness, we have these grand experiences of deja vu awareness where we realize that we've always been this awareness. Think about what happens when we make, wake up in the morning after a nighttime of dreams. During the dreams, the characters in the dreams, the drama of the dream comes and goes. It's just a play. But when we wake up from the play, we immediately know that we're awake we immediately realize that we have always had this feeling of awareness before, that it's always been within us and we're just returning to it once again. When we wake up from our daytime dreams into a bubble of awareness, the same type of thing happens. We immediately understand that we're far more aware now than we ever were before that our awareness is brighter, more brilliant, more resounding, more pure, more blessed, more harmonically resonant than before. And we realize that we have always been that awareness and that our awareness, there's an even deeper awareness within us. We begin to realize our immortality, the more often we discover this awareness. We realize that it's always there, always there, always there. We begin to realize as we walk around in the world, attached to the divine presence, attached to this feeling of the watching and feeling the divine presence as it does everything for us in the world. we realize that our awareness increases as our awareness of the divine increases. We begin to have gestalt experiences where we overcome anger or pride. And in the process, we sometimes see the very source and sometimes the source that caused pride or anger, jealousy happened many, many lifetimes ago. We begin to have experiences in life where we see the source of every event in the roots of experiences that happened many, many lifetimes ago, first a few 
then dozens of lifetimes, then hundreds of lifetimes, then thousands of lifetimes and millions of lifetimes ago. As this happens, we begin to see how much more immortal we really truly are. At about the same time, you see, that this is happening, we'll start to have meditations. We start to have bubbles of consciousness that last hours, sometimes days. When we get to a point in our meditation progress where our awareness is vivid, beyond mind-body awareness, timeless, pristine, resonant, brilliantly beautiful, vast in scope and depth. And when we have that type of experience for more than a day in a row without end, we come face to face with our own immortality and we know without question that what we are experiencing is a slice of our own immortality. Find out the self, find out the nature of your true self through meditation in this manner, says Ramana. Trace every thought every event back to its origin, which is in the mind and beneath the mind in pure awareness. Never allow the thoughts to go on. Let them come, let them go. If you chase the thoughts, if you follow the thoughts, it will be, it will take you back to the mind, take you out of your awareness and back to the mind. But if you trace your thoughts, you're back to your source, you'll see that source is pure awareness. If you trace your awareness even deeper, you realize it's divine. Tear everything away till there is nothing but this source of pure awareness left. Then you can live only in the present. How can I make progress as a disciple? Any toxic disciple gives him a personal answer. He says, why should you go on pruning your ego, polishing your ego? This is just what it wants to be the center of attention. Put your attention on awareness instead. Everyone can be a devotee, says Ramana. Spiritual food is common to all and is never denied to anyone. The quest must be made. Who is the, who is the person? Who is the soul? Search for the soul. Search for the source of your soul. If you seek God with your whole heart, 
then you may be assured that the grace of God is also seeking you. The more attention we put into the divine awareness within us, the more divine our life, our very life becomes. It's as if the entire world bows down to help you see the way, help you get rid of the obstacles. It's as if truly, it is truly as if you are moving much closer to source awareness than you ever did before. Your, your speed of progress doubles, triples, quadruples, becomes exponential over time. It's like a plant, you're like a planet in the beginning orbiting around the sun. The orbit of the planet is slow till it gets closer to the sun than the speed of the planet goes faster and faster and faster as the gravity of the sun pulls the planet into it. Our consciousness is the same. The more we pay attention to the divine presence within us, the faster and the stronger it pulls us within automatically, beautifully, tenderly, gently, lovingly, pulls us in. When we practice our meditation, we always say, relax, gently, lovingly, tenderly, intensely, lovingly. This is the very same way in which the divine loves us, you see. The real secret of progress on the path is to learn to be similar to the nature of the divine presence itself. Divine presence acts naturally in our life, lovingly, gently, without pride or ego or thought. It acts automatically always, always, always loving, nurturing, and sustaining us. Always keeping us alive, always keeping us immortal, always pulling us within. Gently, lovingly, tenderly, silently, beautifully. And that, my friends, is how we really need to meditate. We meditate in the same way. Then we'll be in harmonic resonance, we'll be in alignment, we'll be in coherent alignment with the nature of the divine presence within us. And with the very nature of the divine presence at the core of the cosmos as well. As we, as we become more intimate 
the feeling of this divine presence. We also develop a totality of awareness, a totality of consciousness. It is our attachment to the divine presence. So our awareness of the divine presence that enables us to see everything that the divine presence touches in our life. Yay. Everything. In the beginning, we can feel the aura of the divine presence and that becomes our bubble of awareness, you see. The strength of the aura of the divine presence within us is our own aura of awareness. As we become more attached to the divine presence, this aura expands. And our totality of consciousness becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. And as the divine presence loves, nurtures, and sustains every aspect of our awareness in harmonic resonance, in coherent alignment, we also love, nurture, and sustain everything within our aura. For we are no different than the divine presence itself when we're in alignment. Eventually you see, whether we're walking in the world or sitting on our cushion, in such a manner, everything that we experience is the experience of this aura of divine consciousness, this harmonic resonance of the divine consciousness as our aura, the blessing of the divine, the grace of the divine in action in every aspect of our life, whether we're sitting on the cushion or in the room. When we feel it, Every second that we feel it, we have a certainty of immortality, a certainty of divine awareness, a certainty of the creative power, immortal creative power of the divine. This happens not only in our meditation, but on the path as well. Eventually, you see, there's no difference between what is inside and what is outside. The entire aspect of our life becomes one single experience. This is the path that Ramana talks about. This is the path that Krishna talked about. This is the path Guru Nanak talked about. Guru Nanak always said, stay within the court of the Lord. Stay in a state of equipoise. 
state of equipoise, you are everything. You are the source of everything. Your incoherent alignment with the love of God, the love of the Supreme in a totality of consciousness in the court of the Lord. We can be in that state while we're in the world or on our cushion. And when we're deep enough within that state, it's a single experience. It's never a second experience. It is simply an experience that lasts very, very long periods of time. Interrupted by small journeys to the mind and back. This is the path. It is a path that leads to a singular experience of divine consciousness. It has always been our birthright. It's always been our destiny and it has always been inevitable. Namaste. And then we'll open it up for questions and answers. <laughs>